Well, welcome back to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is episode number 116. I am Kevin, as usual. Uh, as usual, thank you for choosing to spend some time with us down here in the basement, which is very hot, so I'm taping it right now. Uh, live in an old house, haven't put the AC units in, and it is sort of hot and sweaty in uh, in this basement, much like I, I presume it's going to be in Baltimore uh, in a couple hours when Prince plays there. Uh, this week we're going to be talking a little bit about that. If you've seen on Twitter, if you follow me on Facebook, you know, uh, not, not too terribly happy about uh, how they've presented that, how they have... Uh, you know, possibly turned uh, an event uh, that they they really should be doing everything they can for for the Baltimore community based on recent events up there into something that is resembles more of a uh, cash grab, a, a cashing in on others' misfortune. Um, but that's happening tonight. Uh, we, we'll see what happens. We'll see how much they give and whatnot. Uh, we are going to put a link in here to one of the charities. The title is actually. Uh, going to be uh, giving to titles matching them, so they, they finally get something in the plus column. So uh, I'm gonna say, if you're one of those people who spent $500 on a Prince ticket and has that amount of disposable income, uh, please consider clicking on that, and then you don't and, and giving a little. Then you don't have to worry how much uh, went to help uh, the cause that you are uh, theoretically uh, think you're giving to. Um, you know exactly how much you're helping out, and. Uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do good, just uh, don't half ass it, man. Just do good, all the way. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about that. Uh, my wait for Chance the album or Chance the Rapper's album Surf and more. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's time for you to put in your headphones, strap in, get comfortable, uh, whatever you do. Uh, maybe you're driving down the road. This is a good commute podcast, but uh, here it is. It's about to start episode 116 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing Michael Cronin's MC3 and Patrick Watson's Love Songs for Robots. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man. Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. That right there he is a lot of the Back to the basement. We are one lawyer down. We almost had the lawyerist podcast <laughs> in history. We still have you outnumbered. I, I, sort of, <laughs> I sort of feel like you should go lawyer down, lawyer down. <laughs> get a medic in here. I mean, possibly. Uh, it, it was for sure to be a. Uh, although you know, Carrie was on it last time, and it was certainly not a facts-based podcast. So I don't know what's so great about you guys, fucking lawyering shit up. But hey, whatever. no, we like to, no lawyers get in the way of things. Don't I'm you know? sorry, that almost. Sounded like slander right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. As long as the money you make from suing me goes into running this website, you're uh, okay. 
what we call a judgment-proof defendant. <laughs> <laughs> Things I know, I do not know. Uh, but we'll put them in the show notes. And Paul can put footnotes and all this fucking things. That's a dig back to like a long time. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Uh, this week we actually got a uh, pretty decent podcast. The uh, uh, we got some news we're going to talk about in a minute, and but we're going to be talking about Michael Cronin's new album MC3 out on Merge. Uh, we're going to be talking about Patrick Watson's album uh, Love Songs for Robots, which um, I, I will say before we get into that, uh, just right up front, like I, there's no expectation right now for me that we're getting like great albums. I think, but. This might be. Uh, it just sort of popped up, and I mean, and I was just like, "Fuck!" And, and there it was, and I'm like, "Oh, wow, mind expanding." So, um, but before all that, oh, we're also going to be hearing a song from a, a guy from Chicago by the name of PM Buys, but we'll tell you more about that uh, after the album's here. But so right now, what we got is some news, um, which is this is a pinnacle moment for this podcast, I think, because all this year we've been doing. Uh, Title sucks, essentially. We've been picking it apart. Some of it, maybe we've been a little rough on it. I don't know. I uh, thought we were changing the name of the podcast to Title Talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would that get us higher or lower in the app store? Probably higher. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, talking title, maybe. But maybe what, ti- what Title Talk actually uh, <laughs> replaced was an old segment that I thought we had retired uh, with the end of the year podcast, and that is Prince's a Dick. <laughs> Not to be outdone by Jay-Z or anybody, Prince is back, and uh, the the verdict is easily, well, here's what's going on. Uh, This is not a political podcast, we won't get into it, but uh, everybody's aware of what's been going on in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a serious issue that's not just for Baltimore, but it is for like the entire country and whatnot. Um, Then last week, Prince, who is doing these little pop-up tours, uh, announced that he was going to be doing a... Rally for Peace, which the number four in there, uh, in Baltimore to uh, raise awareness uh, for Freddie Gray and, and, and this type of injustice and whatnot. And uh, people sort of lost their minds. And then you started to dig a little bit more into it. Uh, the event is put on by or is going to be put on by Live Nation. It's going to be put on by Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the tickets were uh, – <laughs> for the floor seats, five hundred dollars. Uh, with uh, now, you would expect, and the cheapest seats in the house were still over a hundred bucks. Right? The cheapest seats were twenty two. Oh, there were there were twenty two dollars seats. Okay, yeah, but they were like literally banging against the back wall of the venue. Okay. Um, you and I'm talking to you guys. We would expect something like this to say, "This is all going to charity. This is a good thing." Nope. Mm. A portion of the proceeds, uh, fifty dollar service fees on the tickets. Uh, in a community that can't afford, honestly, a lot of them can't afford the cheapest ticket yeah. in, in there. Um, it is since this is, this is sort of the most egregious. I, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about this? Uh, it's it's absurd. I mean, if it was all going to charity, or if they were like everything but expenses is going to charity, or something like that, then. I wouldn't have any problem with the ticket prices because then yeah. it would basically be like a benefit. And you're saying, okay, well, we're going to see how much rich people will pay to go see Prince. And then we're going to take all that money and redistribute it to community aid efforts or something and like that. And that's a good plan. And that would be a great plan. But this nebulous apportion goes to – I mean, this is like – it could be five cents on the dollar. It could yeah. be ten cents on the dollar right there. And it's 
you're basically lining the pockets of Live Nation and Ticketmaster and Prince, yeah, um, and Who, pigg- and piggybacking on an event on a, like you know a horrible event yeah. that's happened recently yeah. to do so. It, it's like Prince either holds your pop up concert somewhere else or actually do something to benefit the community that yeah. you're using for PR, basically to get yeah. to, for your show. Patrick, allow me to attempt to defend Prince. Oh. And if I can't, then maybe Prince is a dick. Okay. Uh, but let's back it up. Let's assume you're Prince. Everyone pr- just think about being Prince for a few minutes, how, what that's like on a day-to-day basis. You don't need it. Feel, it, feels, it feels okay. It feels pretty good. Yeah. You're fabulously wealthy. Uh, you're short. You live in Minneapolis, though. Uh, I have a so, bad motherfucking fro. Yeah, exactly. So. You're good at basketball, apparently. So, uh, so, <laughs> so you're Prince. You obviously don't need the money. You, there's no way he can need the money from this one show. No. So you're upset about what's going on in Baltimore. And one of two things happens. Either you call your agent or manager or whomever and say, I'm upset about this. I want to do something. Or somebody calls you and says, We're, we want to do something in Baltimore mm-hmm. to heal the wound or whatever it is. Um, would you consider doing one of your pop-up shows there that you've been doing? One of those two things probably happened. And then at some point, it becomes a situation where Prince says yes. Yeah. Presumably not because he needs the cash or wants to make Live Nation any richer. He just hopefully wanted to do sort of the right thing or do something to heal the wound. And he says yes to it. And the fact of the matter is, are we going to put it on Prince to know... I mean, uh, the answer could be yes. Are we going to put it on Prince to know exactly how much of each dollar is going to a nonprofit or charitable organization at the moment he says yes? Perhaps. At the same time, it seems like the real villain is the promoter to me who's going, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was this horrible thing in Baltimore. I can get – I talked Prince into saying yes to this or Prince reached out to us and now we're going to capitalize on the fact that he wants to do something good. Right. And we'll give – we'll throw a little charity but what we'll do is line our coffers and make we'll capitalize on this bad situation. I, I, that's the end of my argument. It's up to the jury to decide whether – and we probably need more information whether Prince had sort of a bad intent or not. But – like it could be the situation that he is just like, I want to do something. He's probably not the most outgoing person based on what I've seen. He's had someone make a call and they right. said, yeah, we'll do this thing. And he went, yeah, that's it. Fine. And I don't care as long as someone goes well, to l- Let's be clear. I don't, I don't think there's a bad intent here. Yeah. I'm not ascribing bad intent to Prince. I'm just thinking it maybe was not thought out all that well right like no i i don't i don't think i don't think he's back there like steepling his fingers being like excellent now i can make (laughs) money off of baltimore it's more just like but it's not thinking it through it's not thinking through but it does look like somebody is doing that maybe it's the promoter maybe it's just thrown together quickly but you know what would really what would rectify this this is why it's a problem like if it was somebody else if it was a small time artist right. who who or even a medium time artist who you're still thinking is like part mm-hmm. of the machine right here then I don't think it would be it wouldn't be a big deal either way you'd be like well I wish they were doing more but you know there's more going on here Prince is one of maybe a dozen artists in the world who can 100% write his own ticket yep. like yeah, yeah, if yeah. he called up and was like I'm doing this show I'm going to charge an arm and a leg and everything other than what it takes to get me there and back and put the show on is going to these yeah. charity organizations. Then that would be the case. Then they would say, yeah. okay, yeah. And how Prince. much That's goodwill – I mean, let's talk about like the, the 
PR thing, if you, if you want to be gross about it. Like, even if it's not calculated, how much goodwill does that get him? A lot. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that his last three, four, five, six, seven albums, eight maybe, sucked. Like, there was one all of a sudden, liked. Prince is a I fucking superhero. <laughs> like, who came in and played... He's Ant-Man. <laughs> I hope he's not in the Marvel Universe, but... Um, <laughs> You know, all of a sudden he's, he, he becomes a superhero. I, to what you were saying, Patrick, I feel like uh, that you know you can follow those lines down a little bit, but then that gets sort of into the like the old, the old athlete argument. Like, yeah. I'm not a role model. Yeah, yes, right. you are. Right. Uh, and if, you, but let's even assume you're not. You're doing this for this cause, yeah. so you are now assuming that. I mean. Uh, He's a big enough deal that somebody in his camp has to be watching out for him and insisting yeah. that it go down in the way that's right and the way that he wants. So, yes, I, I probably still err, err mm-hmm. on the side of Prince is a dick in this situation. But I do think that um, – I do think that it, it just – not that anyone needed convincing, convincing, but like it just – Live Nation is gross. Like it just – why would you even – just stop. But let's stop. Let's they're, also they're talk. Business. Yeah, business I understand. But if you're going to go down this road, somebody at Live Nation has to also be smart enough to be like, wait a minute. This right. is a horrible idea. Right. You know but but let's mean? talk about the confluence here because yes. I think that's what really puts the nail in the Prince's a Dick coffin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, – is he a partner in title? I have to assume so, but I don't know. <laughs> because he is one of the I don't remember music him makers. in the commercial, yeah. Um, so then it was announced, like, as if it couldn't seem any, any bleaker, any more cynical, uh, it was announced that Tidal, <laughs> streaming service extraordinaire, uh, would be streaming the, and, and this is where it even got better, 60 minute show. Ugh. So now. How much are tickets? $500. <laughs> so 60 minute show, um, on Tidal, uh, pre paywall. You don't, have to sign up, but you'd be damn sure they're going to ha- collect an email address from oh, you. for sure. And call you. And ca- and call you. So maybe you'll get a call from Prince if you watch the stream. Um, on their end, I mean, and, you know, as we've said, titles is this sinking ship of a thing run by people who are, are seemingly out of touch. Oh, with titles, the- sinking ship. I see what you did there. Yeah. Nice. I didn't even, but <laughs> that's how good I am, man. 116 episodes. Uh, you know, and... Uh, it's just like, I I couldn't you couldn't write the jokes any better yeah. like than that. I I will say one thing about title, um, and this is should be setting an example for Prince, and maybe it was meant to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to have a donation page on there, and they yeah. are going to match every donation. Donation, that's astounding. Yeah, no, that's that is jay-z talk, that is that's jay-z talking PR. yeah um and, and that's that, good pr yeah and that's what it should be but you know then we can you know, like drop down into the fact that like well uh people in the community that might really want to see this probably don't have the internet yeah, yeah though i mean at least they're doing it for free yeah. and not just making it for like title paying subscribers it's exclusive though yeah, but it's pre-paywall, yeah. so and they're and you know they're at least putting uh, donation buttons and things up there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I'm not saying it's ideal, but they're not. Title at least is not 100 percent tone deaf on this right no. here. I think that Prince is a little tone deaf. on So, this. Uh, 
for all you rich white people going to the print show <laughs> or that went to the print show, um, uh, I would just say since you know, and this could all turn around. We this happens on Sunday. We're taping on Saturday. It could come out on Monday that yes, they are giving. I don't know why they wouldn't have said it up front, but hmm. yes, they are giving all of these things, and they may feel the pressure to do it. But uh, if you had five hundred dollars to spend on a ticket, give five hundred dollars to charity, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and let's also not forget. I'm gonna I'll I'll put in a little charity plug here. Like the everything that happened with Baltimore happened so close after the uh, the earthquake in Nepal. Like yeah. really, if you were thinking of if you if you had five hundred dollars yeah. to spend on the Prince ticket, there's a lot of people that are still digging out of the rubble and a lot of folks who got yeah. everything destroyed over there, they need your money too. So, yep. yep. Yeah. Basically, if you're going to do good, do good. Don't half-ass it. Yep. Um, although, now, it is fine to just be evil. So, there you go. <laughs> or not. I will say, as in closing, I might sign up just so I can get a phone call from Prince. <laughs> just trying to think how that would go. <laughs> hey, it's me. It's um, Prince. Other news, uh, I am angry because Surf has not dropped. Uh, Chance the Rapper uh, has been promising this fucking album for two years now, I think. He said it's done. Last week at a show, he said uh, Surf is definitely dropping next week. That was on a week ago from this Tuesday. It's still not here. Paul, what do you think is going on? Look, I told you, man, earlier this week, I, I think what he's going to do is just... Drop a notice that he's playing it live on Periscope, and it's all going to be improv, yes. and it, that's going to be it. That's like it. it's not even recorded. Just like man, it was in the ether. Well, that, the name, the that name would be of, a chance to wrap or move. Right. The there. name of his band is the Social Experiment. See experiment. So, um, so uh, chance if you're listening, uh, please drop this fucking album. It's hurting my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last item I want to get to, and this is especially for you, uh, Paul. Uh, earlier this week, it was announced that. Dwayne Betts, son of Dickie Betts, is now a member of Dawes' touring band. Because, of course, is, they need more people. Did, did, is he going to enhance that sweet, sweet Laurel Canyon Can sound? you enhance that sweet, sweet Laurel I don't know, canyon? man. You can add new layers to it. Like, you just mm. move farther up the canyon. Like, <laughs> back into the trees. So, now, Patrick, are you a Dawes fan? I like one Dawes song. Okay. Which one? It's the one where he's on a plane and he's flying over stuff. Came out of the last album. Not the uh, When My Time Comes, blah, blah. No, I, I can look it up for you. No, no, no. That's fine. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like one Dawes song. Generally, I'm not a fan. Uh, I do have to say that like this weird thing happened where the first Mumford & Sons album was kind of like, in, was a little interesting before they became this it, Thing. We used to laugh about it yeah. because it sounded like a Frightened Rabbit. Uh, yeah, I love Frightened Rabbit. Yeah, so the early Frightened Rabbit. So, so, you, so therefore, you can't hate on Mumford if you like Frightened Rabbit. I mean, that's uh, I sort yeah. of see that. Like. So the first Mumford album was like, well, this is kind of interesting. There's some good songs in here, and then as time has progressed, I've just lost respect in large chunks for them. And I feel like Dawes, I never was into, but the more time goes by and the more they're involved in projects that they're sort of just ruining. Like weren't both Mumford and Dawes involved in that, um, basement tapes, basement tapes thing. And yeah. look, you're talking to somebody who knows every note of the basement tapes played backwards. Like yeah. at least the one that Robbie Robertson issued in 1974, but like both of those people being involved and in how mediocre that turned out. Just, ugh. I'm not, I should probably be blaming T-Bone Burnett or something, but right. I'm blaming those two, frankly. So. Yeah, I mean, have you ever uh, run into a Dawes bro? 
No. Yeah, you don't no. want to do that. That was a bad. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, do you even emote, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty Wait, much. Someone said that. No. Oh. No. I, no. I, no. I, I, um, yeah, the, the the fan base is rabid, and they they emote. I feel like there could be a lot of backward hats, like Might backward be. white baseball caps at that show. Maybe I don't know. Might be. So now Dawes with what three percent more Dawes. <laughs> what well, there's already there's a lot of people in that band isn't there yeah now there's more oh, no, it's, 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 it creates a more lush soundscape for dogs <laughs> to play with the, the magic shall be magicer i don't I, I'm not, I, I think you'd like this paul i like, feel free to to bash us i don't know any person i know that's like a big dawes fan but there are people who are big dawes fans oh there are yes Dawes Bros. Expecting the hate mail. Um, So, and sorry for bashing on Dawes, but, you know, we haven't done this in a long time. It's been a while. So so far we've we've pissed off Prince, Dawes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're in the same league. Uh, Let's try not to piss off Michael Cronin and talk about his new album, MC3. Turn around. Uh, that is the latest single, I think. There, there's another single uh, called "Made Up My Mind." Uh, they just put out a video of that featuring uh, Christian Shaw, which uh, Patrick, you were telling us, you know, did a little improv with her, baby. I took an improv class with Kristen Shaw. Once. Okay. Full disclosure. Um, so you're biased towards this album. You're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Off. I'm gonna have to recuse myself. Yeah. Um, Michael Cronin, he is. Uh, I think this is one of these people that it's safe to use the word uh, wonderkind. Or you talk about it. He's 29 years old uh, out of uh, California. He is a good friend of Ty Siegel. Wait, you get to be a wonderkind at 29? I think you do. I think, I think well, this then this, wait, his first album came out seven or eight years ago. Yes. So that's yeah. what makes him a wonderkind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, but, uh, but also that his understanding of pop and like extreme like power pop is uh, sort of, it, it's unparalleled. Right now, Earl you, Sweatshirt scoffs at this label. What Earl Sweatshirt scoffs <laughs> yeah. at this label? Um, he is—he's uh, an educated man. Went to school for music for the uh, California at the California Institutes of Arts. Plays in many bands. Ty Siegel we mentioned uh, is also uh, Epsilon's Charlie and the Moonhearts, Party Foul, Okie Dokie. I don't know any of those bands, but that's mm. okay. Uh, he in twenty what was it thirteen. Put out MC2, which was one of those albums that uh, you weren't expecting. There's no reason to have power pop like that, that good out there. And then it hit and you hear the first song and you're like, what the? I mean, it was one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, It's amazing. Missed him on that tour completely. Mm -hmm. So 
have a sad about that. Uh, in in that time, though, uh, his, his sort of star has risen, uh, and finally got signed to Merge Records. Was the pre was was MC two on Merge or just no. this new one? Okay, no. So uh, M- MC three, his new album, is the his first album with Merge, bumping up to a bigger label, bumping up to a bigger sound. You heard there, the strings are a little a little more. Uh, Epic. He has some uh, some bigger agendas and whatnot. Uh, I guess the biggest question when you get an album like this is, uh, does he hit that mark? Uh, and this is more so than like a soft. This is not like a sophomore slump. He had, he had it's a third one, but I, th- I think the second album re- really was yeah. it. So uh, let's start with you, Patrick. Like, what- Bef- well, to finish. Not to finish. To add maybe to your intro, am I correct that he's mostly a piano player? Yes. Okay. So he's not playing guitar on these songs. I think he is. Or but he is. I actually heard he played like everything. Does he play oh, everything? Yeah, is yeah. he a polymath yeah. kind of person? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to... On this album, clear. too. Yeah. So, um, I don't like it as much as MC2. Right. <laughs> um, it's... Uh, and, and I... For MC2, I would say I, I liked most of it. The song "Am I Wrong?" I think it was about like the third track. I think that's a great, great yeah. track. Like, like brilliant track in the way he does that kind of off kilter broken piano at the end and throws yeah. it on top of that. And I, I think my basic take on this album is by adding these strings and this Greek instrument or whatever that he added and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. I think two a couple things happen. One is it's less focused. It's it's a little diffuse. The vocals are further back in the mix. I went and back and listened to MC2 on the way here just to make mm-hmm. sure I was right. But the vocals got pushed back into the mix. And so for me, a lot of the songs just kind of are in the wash. They don't really hit. I also feel like the songwriting, I know what he's going for by adding all these strings and some of this orchestral stuff. But a lot of it doesn't sound... I actually wrote the words... is is this a Ben Folds five album? Like it just, <laughs> it just gets a little something. Now that said, there are three or four songs I really liked. Um, maybe two or three, but um, two or three that I really liked. And there were the songs that sounded like they would be on MC two. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's probably why I liked them. I probably had uh, expectations that he didn't want me to have coming into this. All that said, the production is pretty good. I think that the delivery of the playing is good. I think if you're into this kind of music, like it's enjoyable. Um, and I think it has some grower potential. Like the more I listen to it, the more I didn't mind. I wonder about that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it definitely has, I think it has some, um, but I, I kind of am, I wouldn't, I'm not going to like trash it. I don't think it's totally garbage, but I was a little disappointed for sure. Yeah. I, I I am, like I said, I I loved the, uh, I loved MC two, Um, and, I don't have an expectation of somebody uh, recreating their album. They shouldn't, and so. But they need like they. Do, I do have an expectation of I guess what their brand is mm-hmm. and and what I expected for MC Two was like great songs, great fucking power pop. Those just huge hooks with a grunge and, uh, kind with, of garage, a little bit, yeah. Twist on it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it was bright. It was sunny. It mm-hmm. was uh, feel good music, and and occupied a place in my like catalog that i i don't that was it mm-hmm. that's it now like um and i got got to this and i'm still like i 
albums feel like it's not it's not finished. It's like we were talking about Brown Bird last week. Like it doesn't. It feels like yeah. this. Not sonically, this is like another like perfect Michael Cronin record. Mm. He makes shit sound amazing. The production and the playing are very good, for sure. But what he's actually like doing with it, the actual content is like depressingly like vague. It doesn't go anywhere it doesn't it doesn't connect yeah there's there's nothing there's nothing there and and i don't i've read you know how he had higher ambitions for that and 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 i applaud any artist who's going to do that Mm. um but i i I sort of i hate to say like that he totally missed the mark but i i don't i'm not it just isn't hitting Mm. at all i mean paul when well, I mean, I wasn't as big of a fan of, of MC2 as you right. guys were. I, I I liked it. I think I made my mid-year list, I think. But but I'm pretty sure by the end of the year, it had dropped off in 2013. Yeah. And it's because I still listened to a handful of songs on MC2, but I didn't think at the end of the day that it was a great album. Like, it's great pop songs. Yeah. It's not a great album. Um this right here felt like he was trying to do more to create a to create an album instead of a collection Maybe of that's singles. What it is. Um, I don't know that he fully succeeded, but like you've got what a five six song suite at the back end of this yeah. right here, and you can tell that sonically he's trying to connect everything. Uh-huh. I don't know if uh, thematically and content wise that was entirely successful, but you can hear it in the way that like he goes more orchestral and tries to and tries to yeah. connect like the sonic themes from track to track it's just not as cohesive as i would want from an album like that i think there are some great highs though that song turnaround that's the the first single right there i think yeah which sounds I like, like that. something I, off MC2. Right. I think, and that, I think that might be the best track on the album to me right there. And like I said, I like what he's going for with the suite at the back half of the album. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it doesn't play like a concept. And he's obviously going for a concept right there. Yeah. Let's hear uh, another track. This is one of the ones I think that you, you were saying worked. Uh, yeah, I like this song. Uh, this comes, this was track four, I think. But, uh, three or four, yeah. Yeah, three. It's three. Uh, this, this is Say.
right, so that that is say. Uh, it's funny the horns come in in that, and that, and this this is what's really frustrating to me about this album is there are, are moments on this album that are uh, straight up like Chris Bell, Big Star, very and and the the weirder Big Star albums, very raw uh, singer songwriter stuff that like. Is this horns kick in and it could be a damn stone song off Exile, mm. and yet it doesn't get there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a little proggy for a stone song off of Exile, but I see your point. Like it, I think I just want to echo what you're saying. Mm. I totally applaud the idea that he's gonna try to make his sound bigger and add strings and horns. Mm. And I read something about a Greek instrument I'd never heard of, but. I totally I want to just applaud the heck out of the idea of being ambitious. I just think th- it, it, it's almost too ambitious. Like instead of adding four different things or five, just add one. Yeah. <laughs> or if you, it just the simplicity. Well, that the the beautiful simplicity that was achieved on a certain tracks on MC Two doesn't really. It's not really here. No. And because it's a little overstuffed, and because and that's what I mean by the vocals being pushed back. I don't. F- I, it just doesn't feel as connected, even though he's got this very raw song suite that we referenced at the end. That's got titles like, you know, "Alone" and yeah. stuff like this. Like, it just—I kind of didn't connect with it at all, because um, because the vocals were pushed so far back, and there's so much other stuff in the mix. It just—I can't—I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's—it's it's a little busy, and it's a little diffuse, and none of it really hits the way. The previous album. Well, you can have all that ambition and stuff at the end of the day, and and we've said this over and over and over on this podcast. What matters is that you write good songs, Mm. and if none of these are connecting with us, like I I don't know, like this is not like a uh, indictment of like fuck Michael Cronin. No, we like him. Yeah, yeah. I I want to rooting for you. I want to see what this guy does. Like really, uh, and what he can do? He's only twenty nine. I mean, um, a wonderkin, some would say. Yeah, and it, <laughs> one would say, one person would. Say I said, you know, <laughs> just me. Um, you know, uh, I have. It's no secret that I am not a fan of Ty Siegel, so I, I don't want to see him uh, do that. Where the moments that I don't like in this album are more Ty Siegelish. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just. The songs aren't there. Nothing is offensive. Nothing is bad. But nothing is is. It's very. Uh, it's a celebration of mediocrity, which is like it happens. I guess right. Yeah. More yeah. Often than not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep harping on. It. I, I mean, I wrote for some of the songs. I I said, "Well, this is kind of good." I mean, it, it's something I will try to listen to again, and I'll steal a track for this or that mix. Right. But I. Overall, it, it's kind of it's it's vague, it's diffuse. There's something not that's just not hating about yeah. it. Yeah. So, what are you gonna do with it? Oh, are we there? Uh, sure. Moving fast. I, I, I'm probably gonna pass, but the full disclosure is that I will use probably three, two to three tracks of this to fill out sort of like playlists okay. on Spotify. Um. Maybe only one, but but maybe two to three, somewhere in there, and that'll be that'll be the end of this album for me. So I I won't stream the full thing, so I can't yeah. really say stream. Yeah, Paul, 
Uh, I'm giving it a stream. I think that there's uh, there's enough there to say listen to it. I think you and I have a different standard for stream versus yeah. pass right here. I'm, yeah. If there's something where I'm saying, okay, yeah, it's worth uh, it's worth taking a should listen. It, should it be an EP? Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> Everything. Should Jared's be not here. <laughs> like, well, I think the other thing that's happened too since the last time you and I were on this podcast together, Paul, is my because of work, my time is so limited that I thought. Would I say stream or pass? And I landed on the idea that I don't actually have time to stream this full album, <laughs> so I'm going to pass. Yeah. So, um, man, this was tough. This is tough. Uh, I got, I got to pass. I, I got to be honest with myself, honest with the Lord listeners. Like, uh, it's not like our rating system is nebulous sort of for a reason like you get a good uh, opinion so uh, a pass isn't like a fuck you man but like like I said personally I will I will never listen to this album again and that's just because I I mean I do have time to listen to all kinds of shit but there's other stuff that I, w- I want to listen to um and uh so uh you know I, I would say if you're a fan of Michael Cronin check it out uh I am excited to see him if he comes to town because I've never seen him mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that'll, as live shows often do, kick it in the gear. But as far as like the work that we're talking about that's presented here, going to have to pass. Um, so that is Michael Cronin's MC3. Uh, let's, uh, you get the drugs ready, Paul? Let's take a trip. <laughs> I don't think you need them. Man. We're just going to talk about title. Vangelis, Vangelis, Vangelis. Andre, uh, where'd you come from? <laughs> uh, let's talk about Patrick Watson's love songs for robots. To the waves of the shimmer light She's gonna drive you to the shore But you don't know who you are I took the ticket You're gonna take the ticket Walking to the city with too many roads That song uh, was. <laughs> I didn't put it in here. That's awesome. Places you will go uh, off of one Patrick Watson's love songs for robots. That's actually the final song. They just released a video for it. Watch it this morning. A little trippy, a little nice, which is sort of hmm. you could. That's how you could describe the album. I think a little trippy, uh, a little out there. Uh, Patrick Watson is a singer songwriter uh, from Montreal of the Quebec area um the when we say patrick watson though this is one of those things 
where people have like like uh, uh, Sam Beam is like I'm Iron and Wine and stuff. Patrick Watson is a band. Patrick Watson is oh, okay. also a person. But what we're talking about is the band. Uh, the band is made up of Robbie uh, Kuster, uh, Mishka Steen, Joe Grass, and uh, Simon uh, Angel just left. I think he was doing a lot of. Uh, I, I could be completely wrong, but a lot of the arrangements. But he, isn't he in Dawes now? Yeah, yeah. Well, soon to be in Dawes. Um, um, this is the the fifth album for the group. Uh, he had one solo album out that was just Patrick Watson, the man. In two thousand, the reason we're talking about this, the reason we even know about this, I think, is in two thousand twelve, uh, he put out an album called "Adventures in Your Own Backyard." I did not actually enjoy that album. I thought it was a little uh, stuffy, a little nah, nah, but we went to see him at the 930 Club, and it's one of the most magical shows I've ever seen. Justin Bland was there, uh, Andre, me, Andre, and Harris, so that should tell you like how that show went. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> you can remember it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a uh, theatrical without being theatrical, you know, playing... Uh, with lighting and not lighting coming from from above and whatnot, lighting coming from the actual like musicians and, and like mounted on instruments and and holding themselves. It, it was hmm. it was it's the entire package. It's it's art. Uh, and from that point on, I was seriously fucking intrigued by this guy to the point that when I found out this was out, I immediately emailed his PR and said, "Hey, I need this album. I need to see what what's up." Uh, and Despite my expectations from the last album, I think what we got uh, was something that is uh, certainly not what I expected. Um, his his music pulls all from uh, Andrew Bird, like Jeff Buckley, uh, James Blake, Pink Floyd. Uh, you mentioned Radiohead. Yeah, I, I feel I mean, that's a I think that's a kiss of death if you say Radiohead. I, that, the thing is that Radiohead does so so much. I like I hear. In some of these songs, a lot of like earlier Radiohead, like transitional Radiohead, mm-hmm. like there's uh, a little bit of that. You, you can you can in some songs you can even hear like the Benz and OK Computer kind of like playing off each other in the same in the same one. Like let's just say I, I think they've listened to a lot of like '90s Radiohead yeah, yeah, and yeah, incorporated yeah. those sounds. But I also hear a lot of the like good singer songwriter stuff in here. I hear some, some Paul Simon vibe and some of this mm-hmm. and, I, and even some Cass Sunstein and some of the wordplay. So it's, it's some, some high comps I'd be throwing on this, but also, I mean, come on, you name your album, love songs for robots. You're getting at least a stream from me. Like you're setting a high baseline right there. <laughs> Paul, Paul's like, you're twitching. Like, okay, play it again. <laughs> um, Patrick, like, uh, so, Full disclosure is I've only listened to this once all the way through. Mm. I've listened to some of this. I just haven't had time. But uh, I was pretty blown away by some of the songs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I would even go further and I would say, I don't think it's just Radiohead and stuff. There's like, there's some Barry White in here. There's gospel. There's a very eerie gospel beginning on uh, one of the singles in Turn Into the Noise. Like, there's just a lot. That song Um, is a... That's not going to play really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, before I go f- further into it, I, I totally concur that, that he has mastered 
I mean, I don't think there's anything Patrick Watson can't do after listening to this once. And I'm sort of with you on yeah. the last album. I was kind of like, yeah, it's a little busy. I enjoyed it. Over stuff. It was okay. For, for me, it's actually the difference of like, usually when we say stuff is like indie as fuck, that's pejorative and yeah. stuff. This is indie as fuck. And it's fucking, it works. It's pretty ballsy. And it's, yeah. uh, to use, to, to, to use the, uh, the what the what the kids say. Uh, it's pretty ballsy in that I don't think there's any moment in this record where he didn't say. And now I'm going to um, take on the genre. It's almost like an improv game. I'm going to take on the genre of um, Afrobeat and throw it in for like mm-hmm. two minutes of this song and pull it off completely. And then go yeah. back to the uh, the verse, yeah. chorus, verse that I was doing before, it, and your your mind is just like, wait, what? What just happened? And it's it's uh, uh, by by one listen, I mean, I'm not sure I can actually give a good opinion on this because I don't know that I fully understand it. Well, I mean, I I've now been listening to this for about like two weeks, and I'm still like getting to digest it. Like, there's a uh, about halfway through the album. I don't think we're gonna play this song, but um, it uh, it might be in Bollywood. Like, he starts aping the Beatles. But uh, but yeah. but doing it like not not like uh, this is a guy who really heard the Beatles like wait a minute why is this guy making a, a little bit of a Beatles record yeah I mean I think so well, many, Grace so many, Grace is really Beatlesy at the beginning yeah sorry before no, no, it's, it's really got that kind of reluctant swing mm-hmm. yeah anyway go ahead I mean so many of the artists we we talk about um, you'll hear one or two solid influences usually similar influences and then the album breaks down to would you are they adding anything to that to that legacy right right here and you don't want to say it's one note even though it's sometimes it is sometimes it is but i feel like so many times you'd be like oh okay these people listen to a lot of velvet underground would i ever listen to this album instead of listening to the velvet underground or something like that what you guys have all gotten to here is that watson seems to have taken a bunch of disparate influences, Mm -hmm. melded them together, created something new that takes the parts, identifies the parts, almost kind of hyperlinks the parts. Yeah. But then, you know, shows you a whole that's greater than the sum of those parts. Yeah. It's, it's fast. It's fascinating to listen to it because it, you, uh, you sit down with this and you, you get the, like the Andrew, Andrew Bird is an influence and you get that type of, uh, that was more like hyper intelligent, like lyrics. But I don't think it's as academic as Andrew Bird. It's not as academic, but that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, but you, it gets it gets that, and then pairs it with all this stuff. I mean, there's straight up like Floyd stuff in mm-hmm. there. Um, this is, and that's within like the same measure. Like it, it shouldn't make any sense. Like, why would you do that? Uh, the only analog, real analog, I have for going. I was actually uh, texting somebody today, and I said, this is uh, an album we're going to be talking about in a few weeks, Louis Weeks, the new album, Haha. This is Louis in, like, 10 years, after he's had time to, like, grow up more, mature, and figure out his craft. I mean, it's so, like, everything is forward-thinking, everything. So, like you said, it's it's hyperlinking the stuff. Like, that's a winning trick, mm-hmm. like, if you drop that in there. But doing it in a way that makes it... Uh, makes it feel new and makes you interested in listening to it and not just listening to it or not just going like, well, I'm just going to go back and listen to the White Album now. Um, let's play a song, come back to talking about this. I want to uh, get Good Morning, Mr. Wolf, which is actually the second song. Uh, which give you a good example. This is one of the more floydy ones on this. So, uh, Good Morning, Mr. Wolf. 
But I tried and tried and then I don't know why So when I put my head down sleeping I got this tiny little feeling creeping in the night I'm not gonna say there ain't no great, great days But it's cloudy in the past of time Like I was saying, uh, a bass drop into pizzicato just out of nowhere. Like, why would you? Uh, I was also uh, in the break. We we're talking about uh, if you have not heard our Floyd cast, it is a <laughs> it is the pinnacle of internet entertainment. Yeah, that that was a treasure trove. Me, me, Adam, and Paul. But uh, this could fit uh, rather nicely on the Endless River. I think uh, you know you substitute Watson's vocals uh, for Dave Gilmore's, but. Uh, let's talk about Watson's vocals for a second. This man, like, can sing. You guys were pointing out Anthony and Johnson, so I'm not a fan of their... Uh, he has uh, the register, the range, and he has the power behind it, and it's all over this record. It goes from... That song's a little more um, operatic and stuff, but there's some deeply soulful like mm-hmm. moments on this thing. That you can only sell if you like. Well, and it's effortless too. You don't ever feel yeah. like he's pushing to get anywhere. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like this album, obviously, obviously took a lot of work and yeah. took a lot of planning, but it never feels like they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not fussy. It doesn't feel overly engineered. Like somehow there's a fluidity to it, even though there's this great deal of complexity, which is rare. Yeah. You know, I think it is. It's a longer album. It's gonna. It's gonna get. I mean, I, I, nothing I, compared to Kamasi Washington's album. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I still have to listen to that. It, it, it's a longer three hours album. Hours to spare. How much? How long? It's three hours long. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking today. We're going off on a tangent like we do, but uh, uh, how long Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 
one and two was, and it was exactly the length of a CD. Which at the time, you talk about double albums, yeah. like they put it into two things because two CDs, that was two yeah. double albums. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. If you say anything bad about Use Your Illusion one or two, I'm gonna have to fight you. I can't. Would you, would you, you, would you know, tell him to step into the ring? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. man. Yes, and I, I would, I'm impressed. And I would and I would and I would also say step into the ring, motherfucker, and I'll beat your something little ass. And then I would call out Bob Guccione Jr. at Spin Magazine. Yeah, yeah. I know all the lyrics to that song. Yeah. All of them. Well, we have to talk after the podcast yeah, cuz right, cuz that, that might be my evening, like sitting down here listening to the user illusion one or two. <laughs> Sorry. Which I don't know how we got there from Patrick Watson. But uh yeah, it, it's um it's it's effortless. It it is uh, intelligent. It's academic in a way that Andrew Bird is not, um, where it's appealing. Yeah, Andrew Bird sometimes feels like sitting down and listening to like the audio version of a college lecture. Yeah, you know, and this doesn't. Mm-mm. When he hits, though, I think the best Andrew Bird yeah. songs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. This isn't like a criticism. Of his no, no, catalog, agree, But sometimes you'll sit down and listen. Some of his albums come out, and I'm yeah. like, "This is your seminar." Right yeah, yeah. Here. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm just sort of uh, honestly like blown away by this thing. Well, let me put out my only criti- My only after one full listen, my only yeah. true like criticism is that some of these songs are too long for me. And by too long, I don't mean it. the song can't be long. I mean that there comes a point where I start going, I got it. Do you find yourself wanting to live tweet the song? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I got it. End it. Um, and and there's, a, there's a few of those where the end takes a long or there's so many. Because they're, they're kind of like little or they're so... Um, there's so much packed in each song, and mm-hmm. I mean that as a compliment, that I'm exhausted after four minutes, and I'm like, just, just stop. Just get or, – or my other complaint might be, as a fan of rock and roll, that there's almost – the songs are almost too interesting. Like there's – I almost need a little bit more of verse, chorus, verse um, in a right. few places. And that's a stupid thing to say, but it's true. Like there are a well, couple – sometimes you need that. Like I'm not uh, – there might – be days where I'm just like I can't handle this album right now because I just need a pop song and yeah I don't know that these are gonna and by pop or or rock or whatever song these don't fit in that mold a lot of them because they're more interesting um, that's a s- weird criticism but that would be m- after one listen I, I think I what it, it's funny because uh, last week we were talking about the uh, Colin Stetson Sarah Newfield album right and like Adam had the same problem with that I and mean, it was like some songs. Uh, should be shorter or not? I that, actually, that's that album is all about long songs. Yeah. it is, and it should. And and, the, and I said on then, and I'll, and I'll say this now. Like my take on, on this is, uh, yeah, I do have that itch to be like, oh my god, and, and I actually have that itch a little bit on this uh, to where like, well, I feel like I heard this thirty minutes ago, mm-hmm. but uh, it gets you so out of your head into this space mm-hmm. uh, that I'm okay with that because I, I can't remember albums recently that have been doing that. Well, and the repetition that I want from a rock or a pop song where the repetition of the idea is done three to four times within the song. I think what Patrick Watson at all would mm-hmm. say to me is, yeah, 
keep listening to the album because yeah. the themes and stuff come back in certain places and the repetition is there. It's just interwoven in a different way that you're not used to. Yeah. And, and I got that from the first listen. I just was sort of, I was waiting, you know, for like any good brief or persuasive thing. I was waiting for the announcement of the theme again in the middle and then at the end and I didn't get it and it's okay, but it just, that would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little. It's just sort of like a snapshot of this, yeah. and then this is happening and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so where, where, where are you going to land on it? Uh, I, I'm definitely going to stream it um, a few more times. It sounds like a thing that uh, uh, Quinn would say. I'm going to stream it and stream it and stream it, and then I'm going to buy it. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> he said on the first one I was on. Like, I By was... the way, Quinn is coming back soon. So, oh, good. Is yeah. he? Where is he? He's, uh, it's, it's cool. Oh, right. And running the... <sighs> Biggest youths. venue in DC. Yeah. Uh, so uh, above the bayous, the yes, above the bayous. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, so he, I will, I will definitely stream it again. I may end up buying it. I, I just, I'm not a hundred percent hooked, but I, right, I could be in a week. I just haven't had time to fully absorb it. I, I will say that I was pretty astounded just on one listen of the things that are in here, how well done they are, how well delivered they are. The ideas, the packet, like the production is killer. You don't really, I sometimes with an album where someone sings in falsetto the whole time, it kind of wears me down. Didn't happen. Nope. The, the ideas about rhythm on here are crazy. Like he goes from using finger snaps in one thing to an upright bass and another. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all kinds of great stuff on here. Uh, I'd be a fool to say I, I won't end up buying this. So I, I'm I'll say stream for the record, but I think I may end up buying it. All right, Paul? Full on buy it. Yep. Love songs, robots, what's not to like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, for that reason and also for uh, this is I, – I honestly – I was happy and, and Daria and I were talking about whether or not I should do a, a podcast on the Beauty Pill album because I think everybody should hear that. And haven't decided on that, but I, I was happy with that level of, of stuff, and I think this matches that. And just like to have two albums in the past like month, this creative, this fucking uh, for me a little mind blowing. And so, like I said, headphone record I can put it on, yeah. I, and I and that I want to experience. I don't want to sit and feel like I'm listening to it because I know I'm going to be like reporting on it later or something. Is uh, is real fucking good. <laughs> Can I, before you finish, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to listen to this album on your iPod headphones, yeah, please do everyone a favor and wait. Get some real headphones, yeah, on before you listen to this because it will not be the same experience. I, I hate to sound like a music sound snob, but like to that point, though, do not listen to this on I, your I, crappy I, tinny. Headphones. It'll be a different. I, I think you can listen to it on those, but it, yeah. it'll, it'll just be a different experience. You'll have a much better experience. Uh, yeah, I, I, and actually this is one of those, uh, like I, I spun the, the, the beauty pill album on vinyl is something like it's, it's revelatory. It's, it's just a masterful piece of work, partially because that's what Chad Clark does. That's he, he masters records. Uh, but, uh, I can't wait to get this on vinyl to see, because I think, I think for whatever reason, like they're on the same wavelength right now and they're managed to put out work in the same, it, it's just yeah, so a complete and uh, utter buy it. I got more. Good afternoon.
All right, so that was uh, Michael Cronin, MC3, uh, Patrick Watson, Love Songs for Robots. Uh, I, I think uh, I've been trying to figure out how to do this next segment quite a bit and thinking about it. And the thing is, we often get too curmudgeonly, or maybe not enough, I don't know. But we, we definitely do not pull punches, uh, and we have these discussions. And and we certainly are not uh, explicitly cheerleaders. But I think there is stuff uh, in part of what we maybe should be doing is saying, hey, maybe you should just listen to this, and we don't got to critique it or something. Um, so maybe the segment will be called Yay Music. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, but this is the first one uh, going forward that hopefully will be every week. It won't always be, hopefully, uh, and I'll be asking you guys, and I'll you know, send out an email, like, to, to find a song that is just like, yeah, you guys should hear this, or you guys should hear this artist, uh, or just play, and, uh, and, and put stuff like that in your ear, so you can just, like, check it out. This week, though... Um, we're, we're going to be talking uh, about a PM buys from Chicago. Uh, the actual name is Peter. Uh, his EP atop the salt came out this week. Uh, he actually emailed us hmm. and mentioned our review or my review of our friends roadkill ghost choir in the, uh, in his pitch. And uh, first of all, if you do that, if you mention my friends, I'm going to listen to your album. That's, I mean, that's, that's a given. I, mean, I posted that on Facebook. Uh, uh, because he, that he enjoyed that. I'm like, okay, little, little like-minded or whatnot. Uh, listen to it. It's, uh, he's a singer songwriter. Like I said, acoustic guitar, harmonica, uh, some stuff that like, I think we've heard before, but it, there's something in, and I'll ask you guys after this in his, something about his voice, something is like really like hinting at, at stuff that could be gold. Uh, but uh, the song we're going to play is Jester and the Queen. So uh, this is uh, Jester and the Queen from Chicago's PM Buys. show and you don't tell My hands they slip I've got no grip to pour water from this well You know my intentions I've made them quite clear I get in your bed you get in my head I talk and you just stare That that you could love me or keep me as your own And my heart is just a jester as you sit up on your throne You once said, if you can't see it, then it is not true But buried out of sight 
stand hidden far from view Is a heart that you can't see With the strongest of beats And what beats inside my chest belongs to you Words and years Noticing how nice you sing But not how poor you hear Or take to me Or I'll end your heart's repose And around your arms I'll wrap my arms So I'll bury all your woes Doubt that you could love me or keep me as your own And my heart is just a jester as you sit upon your throne And you once said, if you can't see it, then it is not true But Barry Out of sight and hidden far from view Is a heart that you can't see With the strongest of beats And what beats inside my chest belongs to you So, PM buys Jester and the Queen. I figured it out while we were listening to it. He's got a lot of Ryan Adams going on in him. Well, there's a huge Dylan thing going on. Huge, huge Dylan. Dylan thing. So much Dylan. Not, not, not a problem. Uh, one, you know, in researching and a little, uh, looked up his bio and uh, what he said about this record. Uh, and I want you to take this to heart, kids. You're listening here. Uh, so, to top the salt is my second record, and I am thrilled to share it with you. If you pay the five dollars to download it, you can feel free to share it, burn it, torn it without with anyone you please. I won't come looking for you. In fact, I encourage it. Thank you for all your constant support. Mm, what a nice guy. Yeah. That's how you get your name out there. That is how you get your name out there. That is how you get played on this motherfucking podcast. Well, it was also really smart. He's not PM stream or PM pass. <laughs> or PM gone. PM buys. If it, oh, or God. PM done. <laughs> can we do a PM non podcast? <laughs> 
Um, but um, uh, by the way, I gave this a quick spin today. I I liked it. I think the last track, which is quite long, that's absolutely. The, I I kind of really dug it. Yeah. Um, I think there's some cool lyrics on there, and I'm a big Dylan geek, so it's hard for yeah. me to not rap just be like you're trying to be bob but i thought he did a nice job i thought the last song was really interesting yeah so we'll put the link in the show notes for that uh once again that, that was pm buys that was gesture and the queen off of his new ep atop the salt available on Bandcamp, itunes whatnot uh sam goody it might be on audio <laughs> streaming i don't know we'll, we'll see who knows who knows everywhere is uh, it on title i think it <laughs> all would anybody know if it was <laughs> you can listen to it in hi-fi it was on title um, that is our podcast for this week. Thank you guys as usual for uh, coming down uh, on this humid DC whatnot day. I'm not even sure what we're doing next week. I'd say we're taking a couple weeks off. Yeah. But uh, might be talking to some mitten fields. Might be uh, talking to some other people. So we'll see. But um, regardless, somebody will be talking to you in a week. <laughs> That's about that. Uh, so until then, uh, be good to yours. Be good to your people. See you later. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>